News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Hello and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick Van Dyke. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jay. And we're going to see Jill here with us shortly. She's just driving back from Regina. Regina yep. Uh, if you are waking up this morning, yeah, some pretty wild weather in the southern part of the province, but especially the city of Regina. Last <laughs> night, tornado warning. So far as we know, haven't heard that there's a tornado yet, but that yep. uh, that's good. Um, lots of rain. Lots of rain. I lots heard. of rain. Yeah, yep. yeah. Some pretty intense clouds and thunder and lightning and all that. Stuff. I think it all happened after the football game, though. So I think people are kind of lucky they didn't get drenched. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, so so far we haven't heard uh, you know anything major, but that's that's good so far. Yeah. Uh, Jill though couldn't get out of Regina right away because there was a lot of water, right? Yeah, that's what she's saying. There's a lot of water sitting around. <laughs> So, so so she's on her way back, and she'll be joining us here when she arrives at the studio. She's probably listening to us on the highway as she's headed here to be on the radio. <laughs> so anyways, welcome to the show, and glad you're with us. It is uh, kind of a you know a little bit of a gray day today. We're talking about maybe some showers around the province here and there, possible. There's some patches and things like that here and there, but nothing too extreme. And we're back to some warm temperatures, right? And, well, no, it looks like the rest of the week they're saying uh, possibility. I'm just looking at the weather for... Saskatoon looks like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Chances of showers up to 60% in Regina. Same thing, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All the way to the end of the week. So that's great for the farmers. Great for the gardens. Need the, I'll tell you, you know, we had got some rain around Saskatoon and, uh, and, but the other day I went out and just, I just harrowed some area that I needed to seed for grass and mm-hmm. I go, Oh, there's some dust coming up. <laughs> so the, you know, we got some rain, but it wasn't that much rain. You know, well, it seemed like quite a bit. It, it rained for like two days. Well, but there was for for me where I am, it rained really hard for uh, five minutes. Oh, okay. Right, and then then it sprinkled for a long time, and then it rained really hard for like five minutes, and then sprinkled again. So it's isolated. Like there's places around Saskatchewan uh, that got a bunch of rain, and other places barely. People say like two tenths, you know, three right. tenths, almost nothing. So almost nothing. So I mean, it's. Um, you know, I, we're, I was talking with a customer yesterday about, uh, you know, when we were, you know, we we're about the same vintage. So we're talking about when we, <laughs> <laughs> when we were kids, we remember having, you know, three or four day general rains, you know, where it just, it, it just soaked. It soaked. It didn't come down pouring and it just soaked for like three or four days. The gentle, soft rain. Gentle, soft rain, like a good rain for, you know, you went outside, you got wet, right? Right. So it did that for three or four days straight and it made, you know, it made the water penetrate. It didn't make it run, but it just mm-hmm. made it penetrate the soil. And uh, that's that's the kind of rains we we need, and uh, which which are good for the crops, good for the plants, good for everything. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and replenish some of that subsoil yeah. moisture, right? Like exactly to, to kind of build that back up. So but. yeah, so there's still farmers. I heard there's still what I think it's around seventy percent of the crops are seeded right now. Mm. So there's still thirty percent put in. So you know, there's some places that I heard down south, way down south, that had too much rain. And so they're waiting to, you know, do some of the low areas and other places like around Kindersley and that, that, um, don't have enough rain. And, hmm. but you know, there's still, still 30% of the crop to get in. So it's a good time to get her done. And, um, and then, and then now do the other things you need to do to get the crop in, in the bin at the end of the year. Exactly. Okay. We're going to go to our phone lines here. one 332 8255 We have people who are lining up here on there, there, as well as the text line. We'll get to that shortly. Waiting the longest. We're going to Regina right now to talk to Kelly. Hi there, Kelly. 
Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So you got a, a pretty good. How was the storm last night for you? Um, I'm in the north end of the city, and compared to what I've seen elsewhere, um, not so bad. There was there was some rain, and there were some kids biking home, and some fairly big puddles, but not too bad. Good. That's good, good to hear. Yeah. So you got a question about a maple tree, right? I I do. So we had a maple seedling coming up in the midst of some mugo pines that we pulled out, yep. and um, I noticed that. Um, when we cleared them out, she has a bit of a root, only about, I mean, most of her roots are underground, but there's um, one fairly substantial one. It's about eight inches long, and it's not underground. It's it's sitting about two inches above ground. So my question was, do I try to get that back down, or do I just cut it off and uh, let her keep growing? Uh, just uh, let it, you, What I suggest you do is just throw some mulch over top of it. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, so you don't need don't, don't need to get it back down. Just throw some mulch over back it, and the roots will grow into that mulch. Because okay. these these are roots from the mucle pine you're talking about, right? Or from the pine tree? No. 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 Um, this is the this is a root of the maple tree. Oh, so the maple tree. Pines are gone. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but we just kind of loosened that area up when we pulled them, and so now she's got this, you know, eight-inch root that's sticking above ground and has been for two years. So we're just redoing all the rocks at the back of the house here, and I was just wondering, should I, you know, cut that little root off that doesn't seem to be doing much, or should I try to get her under some soil and then rocks over top? So do you think that root is attached to anything right now? Well, it's attached to the maple. It's the maple. So how big is the maple tree? Um, she's about 10 feet. 10 feet? And That's and how how though. big how big a diameter is that root? Uh, maybe inch inch and a half. Yeah, no, just leave it there because if you cut that root off, especially mm-hmm. this time of the year, you might lose some branches at that side of the tree. Oh, okay. Well, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. So just try to set it down and even put some dirt over top of it. And uh, if you can dig it down, you know, if you can dig underneath it and, and push it down and then cover it up, that'd be a good way to do it too. Yeah, you know what? We're digging that whole area out, so I thought now's the time to figure out what to do with that little little piece. So yep. I'll I'll try to get her under some soil then and yep. cover her up with rock, and hopefully she'll just keep growing. Yeah, she'll keep growing. She'll be fine. Wonderful. Thank you okay. guys so much for taking my call. Oh, yeah, You're thanks welcome. for calling, Kelly. Take care. Okay, bye, right. guys. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. That's what you call to join with a text or a call. You can use that same number there. I'm Jay with Rick, and we've got Brian coming up right away, but waiting the longest. Next is Sandra, who's in Battleford. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I used your alfalfa tea last year with great results, yep. but my memory is short. I can't remember how many pellets to put in a five-gallon pail of water. I, put, I usually put myself, I put two cups. Two cups. Yep. Okay, thank you. Okay. And I also have a lilac, quite a large lilac bush that's about 40 years old. Yep. And it only blooms at the top now, and there's a lot of dead wood in it. Can I cut that back? Yeah, but not till it's dormant, okay? You can do a light trimming, you know, after it finishes blooming. Yeah. But if you want to do a major trimming where you want to rejuvenate the plant, yeah. do it when it's dormant. So either in the fall when the leaves fall off or in the sp- or sometimes even best do it in March or the first week of April. Okay. okay so but now is not a good time. Now is not a good time. I'd only like this time of the year you because it's out in full leaf, the maximum I would ever take it down is maybe a 25%. You know? Oh, okay. But but if you do it when it's dormant, you can. I've trimmed those things right down to three feet off the ground. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, and, and then I would lose the blossoms for that year. You would lose the blossoms for a few years. It would take probably about two okay. to three years for the for the blossoms to come back. But it sounds like you're not really getting much to begin with, Sandra. Yeah. Right? No, no, they're yeah. just at the top. Now. Yeah. yeah, no, you can rejuvenate that plant at all, but you that major of a pruning, do it when it's dormant. Thank you so much. Okay, all right, thanks. Take care. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to have to go to our first quick break here. So Brian, hang on. Brian wants to talk about a willow tree uh, having some issues. We've got Paul on the line, apple trees, and some you know aphid issues possible with that. So we'll get to those calls as soon as we get back. Guys, hang on. We'll be right back with you. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Happy Sunday and welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyven Dyke. Jill will be joining us shortly. She's on her way to the, uh, the, uh, radio station. However, got trapped sort of in Regina, uh, last night with a big storm and had to wait till today to be taken off. So yep. she's on her way. Uh, we'll get her, her, her here soon. We're going to go to our text line here shortly, which we've got lots of texts that have rolled in, but we've got calls that are here and they get to go first. So in Regina, Brian is joining us this morning. Good morning, Brian. Hello, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? How did you do with the storm last night? Oh, not bad. A lot of rain, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got a, a, a golden willow. It's about 37 years old. Yep. And uh, just this year, for whatever reason, we noticed a few of the small uh, twig branches uh, had uh, the leaves were shriveling up and turning black. Okay. But not in one area. Uh, just random, like here, there, up high, down low. Uh, and right now, I think I pulled out about four little branches that, that, you know, fell off. And there's about three more that are still in the tree. So I, I'm guessing it's about 99.9% .9 of the leaves are in good shape looking. Yep. With a with a bran were those branches black as well? As well no, as leaves? Just the leaves. Just leaves. So the, for the branches themselves weren't black? No. Okay. Because sometimes you can get twig blight on those on those golden willows, okay, and that's where even the stem will turn black. Okay, yeah, no, uh, no that hasn't happened nope. yet. Anyway, well, the, the the willows one thing they do is that the the a lot of times they will lose branches like that and leaves will switch, and what I call they they self prune. <laughs> so what happens is they basically it's almost like they just abort branches on their own as they're growing. Because okay. those, those trees are, you know, they grow so fast. They aren't, the wood inside is a, more of a softer wood. So it, cause they grow so fast and they, they don't have as long as a lifespan as, let's say, a linden or an oak tree or, you know, a, you know, an ash tree or maple or anything like that. They have a long, just like a poplar. Their lifespan is not quite as long. And you said how old is yours now? About 35? Well, it's it's got to be at least 37 years yeah. old. Like so, I can't get my arms around the trunk. Around the trunk. That's how, yeah. that's how huge it is. Yeah. So uh, that you'll see that happening more and more as a tree ages you'll see a lot more branches starting to die off especially lower down in the tree yeah well i've got a few of those that have died yeah, off it died off and uh, but this is the first time i don't know if it if the leaves turn black first yeah and then shriveled or they kind of did the black yeah. shriveled but it's like just little small twigs that are yeah just watch for that twig twig blight it might be just starting in your tree and then you'll start seeing some some of the small branches the actual not just the leaves but the branches will turn black okay. so the best thing you can do is doing what you're doing is prune them out uh, and then sterilize your pruners after you up you prune out before you go cut another branch Okay. Okay, because otherwise, if there is a blight in them, you'll spread it with your pruner as well. Okay. All right. Well, there's some. There, 
uh, uh, probably really high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting up there. You're not getting up there. I uh, I understand. So you know, I've got an aunt who's got one of these trees, yep. and it just seems every time a big wind comes, yeah, it just sort of sheds it some sheds, little. Yeah, it's, it, it self prunes. I yeah. call it self pruning. Like so, like you're just the next day you look on the lawn, and there's a bunch yeah. of little little twiggy things. Yeah, the tree that happens is quite a bit. Okay, every, yeah. So every year we we're always cleaning up. Cleaning branches, up. Yeah. Okay, so that's that is kind of normal. That's then, normal. Those. But but the black branches usually means that you've got to start up a twig blight, and uh, so the, all you can really do with that, there's no chemical I can tell you to spray or anything like that. You just okay. have to keep them trimmed out the best you can. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, thanks a lot for the call, Brian. Take care. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to go to our next call, which has been waiting for a little while here in Saskatoon, and Paul is joining us. Hi there, Paul. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Uh, isn't that rain make a difference in the gardens? <laughs> oh, yeah. Doesn't it, hey? Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. The lawn, too. Uh, the lawn, the grass, I notice out in the country, like the, some of the, some of the hay fields are actually turning green. Exactly. So, yeah, it's exactly. exploding. It's exploding. Yep. Um, I've got, uh, I've got an apple tree issue happening here. I've got a red delicious yep. apple tree. That always uh, amazes it, me that you have that red delicious. You got, must have the perfect location for it. It's blooming yep. like you wouldn't believe. I've got, um, uh, my the tree is just crawling with uh, ladybugs. Yep, good. And, and you know when there's ladybugs, there's aphids. Yes. My fireside is um, I've got a couple of flowers on it. It looks like it's being chewed up, like you wouldn't believe. And um, I'm I'm not I don't I, I see some they're trying to come out again, um, but um, is is there something? I don't think there's anything I can do with it this year, but I'm looking at next year. I was I was going to spray, but the blooms were starting earlier, so I knew I couldn't do that because then the bees are going to come out and going to kill the bees, right? Yep. Yes. So, so is there anything I can do now? So, so what, do you notice what whatever's chewing it? Have you seen anything on it? I I, I haven't seen anything. Okay. I, I have a, a little magnifying glass. I could probably go and have a look, but I know it's being chewed on because you can see they're yeah. all kind of w- withered and, up and holes in them. Yeah, the problem with going out there and spraying right now, like I said, they're in, they're in flower, so that's not a good yeah. time to spray anyways. Yeah. And then also, yeah. if you, it's funny, you have a whole bunch of ladybugs on one and not, is there a bunch of ladybugs on that tree too? Nope. Yeah, okay. Because you don't want to spray if you got a whole bunch of ladybugs, right? Oh, I know. So, I know. so that that's you got you got to be careful that way. So, but all you can do is if there's no beneficial bugs on it, then you can spray after it finishes blooming, and then you're working on the health of the tree for next year. That's right. Right. Exactly. That's all you can yeah. do. Okay. Well, there you go. I hope I, I have a, an ornamental crab. Do you think that's going to fertilize my uh, absolutely red delicious? Absolutely. Yep. Oh, okay. Because it's exploding too. It just buzzes. Yep. No. That that, bees, eh? it just, that will <laughs> that will definitely cross pollinate. <laughs> Not a problem. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. You Have guys. a great day. Thanks for the call, Paul. Take care. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to keep going with our calls because there people got people are waiting for us. So here we go in Arcola to talk to Sherry. Hi there, Sherry. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. I have uh, uh, quite a large. Uh, uh, rain barrel system and it gets algae and i'm just wondering if i put blue stone in it will it hurt my plants no it shouldn't as long as you don't put too much in it no no just put the appropriate just amount put the appropriate amount it'll be fine 
Okay, or is there other algicides besides? Yep, there is uh, algicides you can get from your local garden center that they, people use for, for fish ponds and that. Mm-hmm. And that also works really well. Uh, and I've read that it won't hurt your fish and it won't hurt your water plants. It won't hurt not. your water plants or anything. Or so, your garden or anything, yep, obviously. Yep, that's okay. right. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, you're welcome. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's in fact the one of the texts we got from uh, Brett in Southie was the same thing on the the text line. Question for you guys: Is algicide chemicals safe to use in rain rainwater yeah. for watering the garden? So yeah. how about if we got just as long as like I said, go to, go to the garden center and get the ones that they use for fish ponds. And those ones are totally safe for fish, okay. for your plants, and all that kind of stuff. He's got. Brett says he's got three totes that total three thousand liters. So he's got a pretty big setup. Probably yeah. like Sherry does too, yeah, though, right? Exactly. Sounds like they got a pretty big setup. And, and then they also have ones that that once you get them cleaned up, then there's there's in your, your fish supplies uh, parts of your garden centers mm-hmm. have ones that maintain it right, right afterwards. Okay, and then that maintaining it might even be putting a little brick of of barley. Straw oh. into it. That also maintains. Okay. So right. natural things even like that. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, let's go to our next call, and we're going to talk to Tom, who's in Choiceland. Hi, Tom. Hi there. How are you? Well, not too bad. I was wondering about the onions in your, or the onions in the radishes and the maggots in there, right? Yes, yep. How do you take care of them? I know you mentioned netting before. Yeah, it's a, called a crop cover. It's like a frost blanket. It's a white and you put it over top, and you can even put some sticks in that to hold it up off the ground. And then you bury the sides, and you keep that that little fly, right? And that fly will come, will start hitting those uh, those onions as soon as they pop out of the ground. So you have to do it right away. And Uh-oh. and then they'll lay their eggs, and then the eggs, then the of course the eggs hatch, and they go down to the bulb, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. And but you were always uh, mentioning too about that. Uh, that's uh, what was it? Um, Nematodes. Yeah, the nematodes. Now, the problem with nematodes is that they they'll they'll take care of your grubs and that kind of stuff, but they won't really go. Uh, they won't go actually go after the 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 um, the the onion maggots and those kind of things. The worms that go after the on, the uh, the onions or the radishes and all those kind of things. They go after things like cutworms and those kind of things. Okay, sod webworms. They go after those kind of bugs, those kind of insects. So stick with the netting, Tom, and then yep. that'll that'll work for you. That'll work. Yeah, and then I was wondering. Um, Another question I had for you was... Uh, I'll get you to hold on, Tom. We're going to get your call just off the air because we've got to go to our news break. So just stick with us. Okay, we'll talk to you in just a moment, okay? Okay, thank you. Hang on tight. We're going to go to our news break for everybody. Back with lots of the show after this. one 332 8255 This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvenick, and Jill's here now. Hi, Jill. Hello. Good morning. Pretty interesting going through Regina yesterday, yeah, this morning, all that. Quite the storm last night, and a lot of streets were flooded. And then this morning, it seemed fine going through some overpasses. A lot of water down there. Um, they had some roads even closed off. And then getting on the highway for about 45 minutes, it was like a downpour of rain again and get to Davidson, and it was fine. So. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Wow, a lot of rain. Okay, a lot of rain. that was the, the big thing. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming we're gonna, it'll come out here in the next uh, half day here. We're going to hear of probably some basements in Regina that mm-hmm. are turned into swimming pools. You know, that, that happens, but that happens in every city, right? Yep. I mean, when you get a big downpour like that, there are just certain parts of the cities that I always tell people, are faced with that problem. If you're going to go through puddles, go slow, 
don't go fast if you're going to go through the puddles because what happens, you send a wave and then you'll flood the basements, right? Because yes. you're pushing a wave right up to the to the houses and that. So well, if you have to go through for some reason, either don't go through or go really yeah. slow so you don't create this wake. Well, and a lot of houses, they're doing landscaping and stuff right now. And this is a really good thing to like keep in mind is like make sure that your downspouts are, yep. you, you're putting the proper, proper drainage in. Make drainage. sure the slope is away from your house. Yeah. Yep. All yeah. of these things. Um, can definitely make sure your help. window wells are set up properly. Yeah. You know, so yep. all, all that. these things really affect your yard. It doesn't. It doesn't matter until all of a sudden it does. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. And we don't get we get rain, but then you know it's. We it don't just, get rain, and then we do. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's People, not like, not a constant thing like say in, in in BC or like in you know Vancouver over the winter. That's yeah. it's pretty much a constant thing, right? That's what they live with all the time. Mm-hmm. But here, yeah, we sort of forget about it. Yeah, make sure that some a lot of people you remember you got a piece of weeping towel in your window well. So if there's a whole bunch of leaf debris and everything else, that those windows aren't going to drain properly, mm-hmm. right? So make sure you get them cleaned out and those kind of things as well. Mm-hmm. No, especially if you've got window wells that go below the grade of the soil. Exactly. You know, and there's yeah. lots of new houses built like well, that. And yeah. I have my downspouts, the ones that fold up. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, I hope it didn't rain when I was gone because they're actually still folded up in my house. It didn't mm-hmm. rain last night, nope. did it? No. Nope. Okay, mm, sprinkled where I yeah, sprinkled. was. Not much. Yeah, not much. It was scattered. Okay, let's go to the text line, one 332 8255 The first one came in this morning. Uh, we're going to Darren's text, who's at an acreage around Saskatoon. Just mm-hmm. noticed a tent caterpillar nest. How do I properly take care of it and stop new ones on our property? The best way to do it is just one tent caterpillar, you can reach it. Just put a glove on yep. and go and squish them. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, why spray it? You've got one, you can, when they're that small right now, they're all in the nest. Just go, just especially early in the morning or late at night, they'll be all together in the nest and they're just teeny tiny right now. They're not big yet. Yep. Just go and take a stick, even take a stick or squish them and whatever. Yeah, and, if they want to spray BTK or something yeah, like that, B- when is the best time to do that? Yeah, BTK, you can do that right now because uh, what happens is BTK works, it's a biological. So what happens, you spray it onto the leaves mm-hmm. and, it's, and it, it doesn't affect any other insects except for caterpillars. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And so what happens, they ingest the, the part of the leaf that has a BTK on it and it gives them a big tummy ache and then they don't eat anymore and they die. Okay. Pretty right? simple. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want instant, then you can use a thing like pyrethrin. So and I like that BTK is so yeah. safe too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's safe to use. Like I said, it doesn't affect any other insects, birds, anything else other just just affects caterpillars. That's it. Right. Okay. Uh, next text is from Darren, who's in Saskatoon. Another Darren in Saskatoon. Funny enough. Uh, good morning. I've got two Prairie Horizon alders, one of which is thriving with deep green leaves. The other is a very light shade and not lush at all. I've re- recently given one uh, feeding, 30, 10, 10, yep. and sprinkled slow-release iron around it a few days ago, but I've now noticed most of the leaves are of small brown spots. Okay. So what do you want to do is aerate the soil. So it might be a little bit too wet. Okay. Right where it is. Okay. It all depends on whether it's in a swale or that's the spot where the water gathers. They do like there's an alders like spring. Yeah, all alders like being on the edge of the water, but they don't like the roots in the water. And with our clay soils, sometimes that spot is just a little more wetter than the next spot. So what I just say is just take a piece of rebar, poke it down to the bottom of your planting hole, which is a planting hole for them are probably around, you know, 16 inches deep, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Poke some holes about 16 inches deep all the way around. And I like using a piece of rebar because it brings the sample up, you know, with the little ribs on the side of the rebar. Right, yep. And then you can tell how wet it is down 16 inches. 
right? And so alders love moisture, but they also love oxygen. Yeah, so that might be something that's causing that. So you're seeing the chlorotic, you yep. fix that with the fertilizer, so that's going to help green it up. But now because you've had to water to get the fertilizer yep. in there and there's already moisture in there, you might be starting to see some uh, some brown spotting yep. on the leaves. Yep. So that's probably where so you're seeing that. Aerate the soil. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, right that's all you, you really need to do. Carol's in Saskatoon says having an increasing ant problem in the lawn. We fertilized four days ago yep. before it rained. I want to know when we can apply ant nematodes. Yeah, anytime, especially after these rains. I mean, you have, because you, don't forget the ant, the queen's colony is down deeper. Mm-hmm. It's not just underneath the surface, okay? Your so, lawn needs to be wet, so wet, you, wet. It has when to be you're doing not nematodes. wet, but it has to be mm. moist 12 inches down at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because that nematodes can't go through dry soil. And then while they're still doing their work, it needs to be moist. As soon as you let the grass dry up, those yep. nematodes are done. So. Yep. Right. so what happens, the nematodes move through. What happens, they'll go, how nematodes work is you, you wet your lawn first, put your nematodes down, you water your lawn again, mm-hmm. and the nematodes will crawl down to the, uh, to, the, to the nest, and then they'll go into an egg. They don't touch the adults, okay, the actual ants you see crawling around. They go into the egg, and then they eat the egg from the inside out. Okay, and then what happens? They reproduce, and then they produce more. And so what happens? And the queen says, "Okay, something's going on here." Okay, and she usually moves the colony. But when they move the colony, a lot of the worker ants are bringing eggs with them, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, they bring the nematodes with them. And then so eventually, the the whole colony just die fizzles out because the the eggs are getting all eaten up. Right, because ant, an ant lifespan is probably pretty short yeah, so and so t- they have to keep, keep reproducing producing. to keep enough worker ants yeah. going and so forth yeah. so on right and that's how this this works and so uh so the nematodes work good and also what keeps ants out of your lawn just if your lawn is probably you know a little patchy especially this year with everybody having uh Ugh. snow mold and everything else oh, i'm yeah. worried about and the so, ants moving and in. so you have to basically reseed your over top dress your lawn or just uh, cut it really short and just put some overseed with some grass seed and take a, a steel rake, you know, and just rake it in so the seed gets in contact with the soil, doesn't sit on top of the thatch, and then you can get your lawn to thicken up. Ants don't like a thick lawns. Okay? Right, yes. They like sparse lawns. Where they can crawl in between. Yeah, where they crawl in between and everything else. So then, then if you... If you Thicken up your lawn, you'll have way less insect problems as well. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Speaking of lawns, Matt and Weyburn says have a lot of dog spots in the la- on a large lawn. Overseed spot seed repair. What's the best yeah. way to go? Do, you can spot seed repair if you got a lot of them, or you can overseed the whole thing. Also, use the what's called dog spot prevent. Mm-hmm. There's, it's huge. You can just watch, look at a bunch of the pictures, and you can see before and after shots, and and it works really well to to clean up those areas, and also making so that if the dog goes and pees in that area again, it, you'll it it neutralizes what the dog's going to do for the future. And you right. use that three times a year. You do that once now in the spring, yep. once in the summer, and once in the e- fall. Each time you fertilize the lawn, you mm-hmm. put this dog spot repair on areas where you know you have the dog is going all the time, mm-hmm. and then it'll solve that problem. It's called dog spot prevent. Dog. But prevent. prevent. Yes. Yeah. I, and I guess the other thing that's an option too, say if Matt wants to fix some areas, you can always buy a, a couple rolls of sod. Yep. Cut it out. Cut patch it in. Patch that and goes really quick that way. Right. Or, or like it's say, nice and fast. And, or you can use the, the little shakers that have seed and, and mulch and everything in it. Or, you know, or you can use another product called Rescue 911. Or you can just put some topsoil, thin layer topsoil and just re throw seed over top. Right. Okay. Either way. Lots of lots of options. Lots of options. With that. I yeah. did the response nine one one on my yard this yeah. year. How'd it work? 
Wow, we're just starting to get little grass <laughs> coming up. So yeah, my grass about, is getting long though because I need to cut it, but I just seeded, so I don't want to cut it yet. Takes so about five, I'm, seven days, and you'll see all these little hairs coming up and the new grass coming in. I'm yeah. frustrated because the dandelions are growing just as fast, and I want to cut my lawn. And I you know, know. going to do now with the dandelions coming up. I noticed that all the dandelions are into, into their little fluff right now. Yep. And so without their seeding right now, you can also use a bio weed and feed, which is 100% corn gluten. That's all it is. It says bio, bio weed and feed. There's no chemicals other than corn gluten. And that'll stop those little seeds from, from the, from the dandelions from germinating. Because mm-hmm. they're going to start blowing in the wind from the neighbor's yard everywhere else. Make you, sure you follow the directions on the bag yeah. though, because you need to broadcast that quite thick for Yeah, it you work. put it what, according to directions. You mm-hmm. try to make it go a lot farther, it doesn't work. And you cannot use corn gluten in the garden. Okay. Right. You're going right. to seed something. You, anywhere you're going to seed. So you can use this in the flower beds, the perennial beds, the shrub beds, in the lawn. You can I use tried it. using it in my garden because I just do seedlings. I don't seed anything. Okay. And it worked great. Yeah. I didn't have to weed. I guess the trouble is if you're doing it in your lawn, if you're like patching right now with, say, one of the patch kits. Yeah, then you can't use it. You that. can't use it yet, right? No, so you've no. got to wait till those patches have all yeah. sort of filled in. Yeah, if you, then in. tackle the problem of oh. your weeds. Yeah, then, grass and, seed won't germinate. And then how long is that corn gluten good for? Like if Sometimes I've got a patch next year, then I might not be good Sometimes with that. two years. Uh, yeah, see? Okay. So it's a bit of a... My front lawn might not be a corn gluten lawn then. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a uh, break now, and then we're back to the texts. Also join the conversation by calling us, one 332 8255 We've got a two-hour show today, of course, like all summer long, and uh, there's lots of time to join join the conversation. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk. After a kind of a wild uh, weather weekend in Regina, southern part of the province, Saskatoon, not so much. Um, we're going to maybe see a kind of a mix of everything this coming up week. It could be sunshine. It could be rain. It could be on and off. No, we don't know. So, so, so at the Garden Center, we're still seeing lots of people coming in and planting, getting potatoes and seeds. and It's the perfect week plants. to do your vegetables. It's perfect week to start doing late. that. A lot of commercial jobs, they wouldn't even start doing um, planting out the pots and that kind of stuff until the first first week of June because we're always worried about the the bad word, you know? Yeah. F-R-O-S-T. Yeah. F-O-R-S-T. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, we're, 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 yeah. we're going to maybe like get some stuff, pick up some stuff today. And this so, is like, we haven't done anything yet. But now I've, filled I've, any pots. I've noticed also that people have got their flower beds done. Now they're starting to come in and picking up shrubs and trees. And that area, that department is starting to really pick up mm-hmm. now because they're starting to fill in spots in the yard. And, uh, you know, maybe a spot where they, a plant just, you know, had a hole there or they have a tree they wanted to put a little more privacy up. You know, we're seeing a lot of people coming in for that. And, uh, and so, yeah, the, that part of the garden centers are getting busier all the time. So yeah, if we, if we've got like shrubs that have not, Come into leaf yet? Don't don't be in a panic. It's not not too, like usually first second week of June. Yeah, you wait till then. Wait. I, I was just I was just we had about I planted a bunch of clematises. I planted probably about twenty clematises. I planted along one wall that I wanted just covered with purple flowers and that kind of stuff. And so I was I brought some home. Figuring I'm going to replace about four or five of them. I never planted one of them because I dug once I started digging down to dig these old clematises out and plant the new one in. They were starting to butt out underneath the mulch. Mm, okay. So they were still coming. Yeah, and so then your I, hostas may not have come up yet. Yeah, I brought some hydrangeas home, and I started hydrangeas. doing the same thing, pulling the mulch away, and I was like, oh, there's some buds all coming out of these hydrangeas. So they're, it's still early yet. So just uh, But once them, you see that new growth, you can cut back the old wood that's died, yeah. and uh, and then you just have the new growth coming out. What if you're not well, like with much of a shrub, though? Yeah. Like, what if that's like three-quarters of the thing is 
then you can decide if you want to start over again. But still, if it's an established shrub, that root ball is going to be big enough. So it's going to push that new growth really quickly. It'll actually establish itself faster than doing a new one. Quicker than starting a new one. Okay. Okay. Because that root system is established. Well, I mean, we've got like the the hostas are up and big and huge. But the shrub next to it. People have been bringing in pictures pictures of their spirea and they got a oh. lot of winter kill on them yeah. but you can shave those right down and they will come back I up always again tell people, every year almost every third year fourth year you should cut the spireas right down to the ground anyways mm-hmm. get like rid of perennial. all the dead wood and everything else like a perennial exactly mm-hmm. and uh so that's what i was i was just on eighth street uh, i went and looked at a, at a, at a job site he wanted to say said all the spireas are dead and i went there and i says well no yeah half the spireas were dead but the bottom half were all coming so i just gave him a little trimming and now they look great because they're just now a little bit of fertilizer, and you watch, they're just going to come like crazy. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. There's a couple that I got. A, the hydrangea came up great. It's looking really good. Yeah. And but a few of the other ones. Also, yeah. I was in another area of the city, and they wanted me to look at all their, their uh, upright junipers and, and cedars, and they all have brown edges on them. Like everything, because of the late snow, the reflection of the snow, mm-hmm. everything took a kicking this year, right, because of the, this, the, the weird spring we had this year. And so the same thing with those. Just hit them with some fertilizer, 30, 10, 10. That's, a lot of people are saying I put spikes in, but if you want to rejuvenate a plant, the spikes are too slow. They're a slow release. Use a, a water soluble where you mix with the water, pour around the plant, and you do that every three weeks from Mother's Day until uh, until July fifteenth. You stop, especially on evergreens, and uh, then you'll get the, that growth back really quickly. And you don't need to cut to cut them down just because they have you know brown patches all over. You can get them to thicken out and grow again. How do I catch a tree up to? other trees. So this is where I've got. I've got five, I think, yep. of those uh, Dakota Pinnacle Birch, yep. right? One of them had to be replaced, and it was a couple years ago. And it's almost as tall as the other ones, but it's not nearly as full or thick yep. as the other ones. The, the trunk is a little bit smaller, too. How do I get it to catch up to its siblings down the row from it? Just watch the fertilizer. Just fertilize them. Maybe even go to a half-strength fertilizer and fertilize them a little more often. Okay. All of them? Or no, that just one. that one. Okay. Okay, just that one. So you don't go to full strength and hit it, you know, once every 10 days, because otherwise you can do it every three weeks, right? 21 days, right? Okay. Otherwise, hit it every 10 days with a half strength. Ah. Okay, and then you're given a little bit more, and then, because then you're continually feeding more, okay? Hey. But then also aerate, because like we talked about that last caller, that one birch might be in a spot where it doesn't get quite as much oxygen, or bottom line, it could be genetics, and that's just uh, a slower tree. Right. And that always will be a slower tree, but eventually it'll catch up. It's a younger tree. My youngest son is never going to be as old as my, as, as, as old as my biggest son. But when they're both, eventually but when they're both like 30 and 36, exactly. They could be the same size. While they're growing, they're usually not, you know? So you just kind of have to keep that in Uh, mind. Fair enough. Okay. I, I, it's it's just a little sparse. If it was just a little bit thicker, <laughs> yeah. I would be I, I would be totally happy. Okay, but there's, it, like parts of some of the some of the branches have buds that have not opened. Okay, here's you know? a story. I planted uh, 25 years ago. I planted a whole bunch of trees around the perimeter of the last acre in. Okay. Okay. This last spring, last summer, this one spruce tree, which was always a little dwarfer, uh, was starting to turn brown. And this spring, my son cut it out. Okay, he trimmed it out. Yep. And so, and he died. And then he, he basically, when he trimmed it out, he dissected it. And we found out that there's, when I planted the trees, we had tied, when you tied the basket around them, you tied a bunch of string around the trunk. Yep. Right? The string around the trunk was still, had girdled the trunk 
25, and it took it 24 years, 23 years to, to die, okay? But basically, it girdled the trunk so much, that's why it stunted the tree, and that's why it eventually died, because it basically cut all the sap off. It was like wow. a, it was like a noose that slowly killed the tree. You just somebody just forgot to cut it off when they planted it. That was me. <laughs> It'd be the equivalent to like putting a dog collar on a dog and never moving the size up. Right, never moving yeah. the size yeah. up. Right? right. Yeah. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. So. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, we're gonna get back to our text line and the phone lines shortly, but we got to go to a break here right away. So. News update for everybody coming up right away here. We're going to go to texts, uh, including Barb's text. Uh, who else do we have in here? Ted and Regina. We've got um, a gardener from Watson. Not so sure who it is. Uh, who else? Marie and Musiman. So many more after that. So we'll get to those when we get back. And Terry is going to join us with his question, talking about trees that are slow to bud for fruit trees. Yep. So it's going to kind of be kind of, kind of what we're talking about now. More on the way, Terry. Hang on. We'll get to your call as soon as we get back. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. And here we go with hour number two of Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Thanks for joining us and spending your time with us. Uh, waiting patiently on the phone lines. We're going to go there first because he's been hanging on for a while in Saskatoon. Terry is joining us. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for waiting. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Rick, I, I was and Jill and the crew. I guess um, my yard's looking really good now. My spruce trees and cedars and hawthorn and maple have been doing great. But my two fruit trees, a cherry and a plum tree, seem to be extremely slow and budding out. Am I panicking yet, no, or no. I given them a shot of? Uh, fertilizer 212, but maybe I need to get something a little bit more jammed no, to it. I'm not sure. No, no, you're good. You're good. Just I would suggest aerate the soil around them. Okay. Okay. Just get some oxygen in the soil. And uh, other than that, that's all you need to do. If your 212 is fine, it's like a, a fruit and berry type of uh, fertilizer. Yes. And uh, you're fine with that. And, um, and you, you'll watch. And some of the plants, like I noticed that. And that's the same thing every year. Some years is worse. There's some ash trees that are on the perimeter of the garden center that haven't butt out. But by the end of the summer, they'll be all butted out. Perfect. And right. so they're just slow. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks yeah. a lot. Take care, Terry. Bye-bye. one 332 8255 Or to the text line. Okay, here we go. This is from James in Saskatoon. I have a Schubert cherry tree that initially had suckers around the base, but now has spread further throughout the lawn. Yep. How can I control the spread of these suckers? That's a tough one because uh, you can't use Roundup or anything like that because it affects the whole tree, right? Yeah. So all you, you can really Roundup Advance. You can use Roundup. Well, it's called. I call it. I don't. I hate saying Roundup Advance. I'd rather just call it Advance. The orange then, one. The orange one, because otherwise you can get them mixed up. True. Okay. <laughs> so don't use Roundup on your trees. Don't use Roundup tree. But there's Roundup does make a product called Advance, and it's a horticultural, basically a soap, and it'll just burn off the leaves, and so that because if you cut them off. You just make a stool bed and make it worse. Okay, but if you burn them off, but you got to remember, if you hit a, a few patches of grass around right yeah. around that spot, you'll burn the grass off. The grass oh. will grow back again, but it'll it'll control them. But otherwise, what you can do if they're that far out, what you can do is you can go out there. If, as long as they're not within ten feet of the tree, if they're beyond ten feet, you can actually just dig that part of the root out. Right, just just chop that part off. And then dig that sucker out, and then and then uh, you're doing you're basically doing root pruning, right? Right. And so that's not bad either. And then you cut that off from going farther out. Is a Schubert ch- cherry tree like? Do we actually use the cherries off of that? Yep. You can. They're they're dry tasting, but you can make jams and jellies and wine and all that kind of stuff out of them. Okay. 
interesting. It's yeah. it's it's fascinating how we have some trees and plants that seem to have just issues. Yep. Like that one gets black. <laughs> that, like that one gets black knot and suckers. And suckers. So why do we? Because why do we sell it? Purple. But who cares? It's got so many problems that make people angry. So why do we why do we supply it? I don't sell it anymore. Okay, you don't sell it but anymore. The, yeah, but the, but it, we sold. We, we used so to sell a ton of we it. We sold literally like three or four hundred a year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we used to sell tons of them because it was a purple. Love the purple. Flower. It grew fast. It had purple leaves, white flowers in the spring. Mm. It was gorgeous. And but then, it ruined your lawn. But then <laughs> <that> black knot. <laughs> <laughs> but then we had a bunch of wet years, and, and black knot got established and just went rampant. Yeah, right? It mm. wiped out a ton of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, just just takes my mind to those that question like that. Let's go to our next text. Uh, this is Barb in Battleford. I have a rose that is quite old, twenty plus years. I moved it three years ago, but only about two feet away from its original location. It hasn't bloomed since. The plant still looks healthy. What can I do to get it to bloom? Yeah, Convince just- it. Just put some put some uh, fertilizer that has a higher middle number phosphorus, and uh, then you'll do that this year and probably next year you'll get some blooms. Also, what I want you to do is uh, um, just give it a um, a light pruning, okay? Because sometimes pruning it will stress it enough to send out some blooms as mm, well. Okay. In okay? the early spring, I usually prune the roses about a third. About a third, yeah. Especially every do that every spring of mm-hmm. the roses. The only roses you don't want to do that to is there's two roses. One's Persian yellow rose and also Teresa Bugni. They set their buds in the fall. Oh, really? So I want to prune those ones after they finish blooming as I would a double flooring plum or that. But those are only two. All the rest of them, all the explorers, the Parkland series of roses, the the artisan series of roses, prune them in the spring. I don't prune them in like prune them in the fall because I want all those branches up there to catch snow like little snow fences. Mm-hmm. And so I've always pruned them the first week of April as soon as the snow disappears. And then the, that next year, they'll bloom like crazy. The same as my hydrangeas. I do the same thing. Prune them early in the spring. They'll, wherever you prune them, Remember, they'll split out like stool, mm-hmm. and then now you get two branches growing out, and you get two blooms, right? Yeah. So every time you do that, you'll get more blooms. I could not resist taking a tea rose home yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And I planted it in my yard. It looks great. I'm super excited. Have you seen those tea roses bloom? The blooms are huge. bigger than the size of my like whole hand They're spread like a, out. Wow. When you go to a, 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 a floral shop, you can mostly get tea roses when you buy a bouquet rose. But these ones are even bigger than that. They are like yeah. massive roses and the fragrance is so strong. But I was been educating customers all weekend on that too, because they're buying the roses. And remember, tea roses are zone five to 10. Yep. So Saskatchewan, we're zone three. So when you're buying those tender roses, keep an eye. Some of these things look beautiful, but they're not quite hardy here. So you got to plant them at the right level. Yep. And you also have to put like a box around them and fill it up with mulch about a foot and a half. So that that rose is going to survive for years to come. So really watch your zones when you're buying your roses, um, because there is some beautiful roses out there. But they do there are a little bit gardener's challenges. I put that in. Quotation. My wife in Regina had a, had a, had an uncle that lived there, and your she, wife in Regina. My wife, my wife in Saskatoon had an uncle in Regina. <laughs> you have a wife in Regina as well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you tell dad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> tell the story right. <laughs> okay. So that, your wife had an uncle in Regina. Yes. There okay, go. there That's we better. go. So, anyways, this was a this was a tea rose. Okay, let, let, let it go. Let it go. 
Sorry, Dad. Had, had a tea rose, so it was on a, on a stem, and then the tea rose was on the top, right? And so what he did is he always cut one side of the, of the, of the roots off. Yeah. And then he dug a trench on the far side, and he laid the, the tea rose down. And then in the ground, and, and then dug put, a grave for it every dug, year. Dug a grave for it, and so he had the other side was still rooted really well. Mm-hmm. Was able to sort of almost like a hinge. Yep. Lay it down, and then he put some mulch over top of it, and some plastic over top of it, and mulch again. And he had that for years. I he had forever. Wow. That tea rose, but he that's what he had to do to it. Every special year. care. Special care. Well, I'm going to try this gardener's challenge, and it's going to be beautiful in my Right yard. on. <laughs> Let us know next year. Uh, okay, let's go to our next text. Uh, this is a very interesting one. Good morning. I live in a neighborhood in Saskatoon with small backyards, no alleys. Okay. I have a neighbor who has a massive poplar tree. It's probably over 100 feet tall, and there <laughs> are some big ones. Yep. And it covers all four yards yep. considerably. So it must be kind of in the back corner where four yards kind of intersect, yep. and it's in the corner there. It's not healthy. It's dropping many branches. One recently fell and hit me while I was working in my yard, and it was about three inches thick. So that's pretty big. That's pretty big. What's the best thing to do with this? I'll talk to my neighbor, but I'm wondering how I can minimize the risk of damage from this tree to myself, my yard, and my home. And that's a complicated question. Yeah, that's always a problem having a tree that's not... I always say, buy the right tree for the right location, right? Yeah. And so when you obviously plant, 40 years ago, that wasn't done, right? Well, when we buy this plant, you go to the store and you buy this little plant in a one gallon pot, right? Yeah. And it looks cute, you know, and then all of a sudden it grows up and it's way bigger than you thought. And I was on a budget and I only wanted to spend seven ninety nine, right? a beautiful big tree. Right. But you didn't, yeah. didn't do the research and didn't look at the label and seen how big this thing gets, right? Or really so, choose a spot that was appropriate. And, mm-hmm. and poplars aren't friendly neighborhood neighbor trees because of the roots and everything else, right? And so uh, it's just a matter of having the conversation. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I think with neighbors, I think we have to get back into the old school way of like, Making friends with your neighbors and having the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. just it, slide don't... a nasty note under the under the fence, but yeah. just go up there and be like, "Hey, how can we solve this together?" Yeah. Like, we... maybe I know this is affecting me. I know you didn't want this. I know I didn't want it. They probably never even planted the tree years and years. It's ago, possible. Right? Yeah, we don't know that we part of the story that. here. But Leg- legally, you can cut any branches that are overhanging your yard. Yeah. yeah. But However, you, but that... you can't go into the neighbor's yard to cut the tree down. Right. That branch off. You have to do it from the confines of your yard. Right. But Otherwise, you're trespassing, is, right? If so. something is caught, it's causing a danger, you should be able to talk to your neighbor yeah, about exactly. it. exactly. Express those things, and then I guess you'd go to your bylaws office if that's not being settled. Right. That's probably the next yeah. step after that. So, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get to Ian's call in a second. Ian is in Saskatoon. He wants to talk about a Prairie Horizon alder. Uh, so hang on, Ian. We're going to get to your call as soon as we get back from the break. Just stick with us. And then lots of texts as well to answer. So we'll keep going. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Thanks for spending your Sunday with us. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and this is Garden Talk, and we're going through the show pretty quick here already. So uh, let's get to our next call. So Ian has been waiting patiently on the phone lines. He's from Saskatoon. And good morning, Ian. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, the city provided me with a, a Prairie Horizon alder on, under their tree program. Yep. Probably about five or six years ago, and when they put it in, they used a bobcat, so it's got a about a 36-inch round uh, ball, like root ball, Yep. and when they put it in, so they, they mound it up around the edge, you know, a little berm, so to speak, Yep. Um, I've been kind of negligent, and I've let the grass grow right up to it, so um, what I did was I went out, and I found some of that concrete curb edging, Yep. 
And so I, I put, I've got that down on the ground. Um, it's about four feet around this thing. So, but uh, two feet out each way. Yep. Um, what I w- was hoping to do was take my, my lawn edger and, um, you know, trace around the inside and outside edges, move the, move the curbing and then take a spade and skim off the dirt. But where I don't know if I would damage the tree, I don't know where the feeder roots are. If I was to go with my spade down about three inches all the way around to put base gravel, like how is that? You you might find roots because the alders are a little bit shallower rooted. Okay, uh, so you might find roots. So you have to watch because you, if you do find a major root, you're going to have to basically work work around it because you're not going to be able to cut that off. Okay, but otherwise, okay, but- if you just some just some fine roots, then it's not a problem. It's okay, just if you find cool. a major root, that'll be a problem if you cut that root off. Yeah. I, okay. I would be careful looking for major yep. ones. I, I yep. just wasn't sure. Those, nope. but I, to me, when I think feeder roots, I think of those, you know, little hairline things. Or yeah. Kind of look no, like those that. ones will be fine. That's like root pruning. It won't hurt them. It's the big ones that go out, and then they have all the feeder roots off of those ones, and that's big. Uh, what we call the collector root, right? Uh, that has all the feeder roots off of it. So you don't want to cut those ones off. But if it's just little okay. fine roots, it's not going to hurt the plant at all. Okay. Uh, could I ask one other really yep. quick question? Go ahead. You know those plastic window boxes that people get there um, for, you know, they're maybe two, two and a half, three feet long and five inch by five yep. inch. And so I found um, three of those that are 10 inch long, five inch wide, five inch deep. Yep. They're white. So I was going to spray paint them or something black and then hang them on the fence. My wife would like some succulents. Um, I'll, like, I'll make sure there's some drain holes. but. Is that too wide, too narrow, or whatever nope. for succulents? No, that actually perfect for perfect. succulents. Anything else in that small of a container, unless you put a product called Soil Moist, something's going to hold the moisture in there. It actually would be quite a small container for that because it's it's so shallow. So succulents, that's actually perfect for. Thank you. Oh, and and there is a, a you guys sell like a what is, I wouldn't know if you call it a potting soil. It's a cactus mix. A special, yep, it's like a cactus mix. And that's what you put the soil in your cap. Yep. Or, or you can use your regular soil if you have a bunch of regular potting soil, but then you get some perlite and you mix about a third perlite into that soil. Be- because you're going to be, it's going to be outside, it's going to have lots of airflow and, and the drainage in it, using just a regular potting soil will be fine for those succulents. We actually use that a lot in the greenhouse. It's when you're using the succulents more indoors or in a, a long-term container that's going to be going to be sitting. But, but they're going to bring in those succulents in yeah, for the wintertime. Yeah, if you're bringing them in for the winter, make sure you use a good succulent mix, was yep. my point. Okay, and I have about 12 feet between the house and the garage. So the uh, sun comes up from the front of the house. So I'd only get sun maybe from, say, 1 o'clock until 4. Yeah, that'd be fine. That's you, perfect. You're a hot part of the day. You're fine. Thank you very much. Make sure good drainage. That's the key, okay? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, good drainage <laughs> is the key. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day, Ian. Take care. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. Next text we're going to go to here on the text line. Ted is in Regina. Good morning. I'm putting a new patio, and I need to kill off some trees and shrubs, so it needs to remove some plants yep. to put it in. Does diesel fuel do a good job? No, don't use diesel fuel. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't, because it, it'll contaminate and spread and kill other things, okay? You don't want to do that. Okay. Um, it doesn't stay in one location and moves, so you don't want to do that. Um, just, just dig out most, most plants. You can just dig out the roots and you'll be fine. Okay. Depending on the species of the plants. Okay. Otherwise you want to make sure the shrubs and that, uh, 
Like I said, it all depends on what it is. If you dig out the roots, they'll be dead. But if you're worried about a type of plant that might sucker and everything else, you could spray it with Roundup, the whole plant, mm-hmm. and then 14 days later, it'll die. And then you can dig them up. But a lot of people don't have that much time, right? Because they're going to start digging right away and get everything going. So just digging the roots out because you're going to have an excavator in there to dig the, the, uh, the basement, the, the, the driveway uh, or the pad for the, for the garage or whatever you're doing anyways. And so then you can just dig those roots out, and then you won't have a problem. Well, it might be by hand, because if you're putting a patio, it might just be patio blocks, right? Well, if it's right? a patio, yeah. If it's patio blocks, you might have to dig by hand, yeah. Right. So, okay. All right. Uh, next text here. Good day. Uh, could you advise us what to do about red beetles that attract to the lilies? Yep. Uh, um, I also heard about a predator wasp from Manitoba that's used to get rid of these beetles. Yeah, there's new predator wasps they're working on. They aren't readily available yet. They're doing experiments with them uh, because that that wasp comes from the, I think it comes from the Europe, and so they always do experiments with that wasp before they'll readily they want to make sure that it doesn't the wasp doesn't kill other beneficial bugs, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, so anyways that, that that's coming, but um, uh, but otherwise right now all you can really do is look on the back set of leaves you'll see these little rows of orange eggs, and then you can pick those off. Or you can pick the beetles off, or you can actually go every every seven to ten days and hit them with pyrethrin, mm, okay. and that'll take care of them as well. Okay, just don't hit the flowers with. Yeah, the pyre- sometimes I'll take like a piece of newspaper or, or a bristle board, and I'll cup around the buds and the flowers, and then I'll spray the plant that yeah. way. Okay, we're gonna go back to Ted's uh, text. Regina says, "I'm not getting really any growth in the past few years in the garden when I plant carrots, radishes, parsnips, and onions." Suggestions? Not getting any growth. And you need to up the the compost in your type of soil you have there. You probably okay. have no nutrients and no beneficial bacteria left in the soil. Your soil health is huge. You have okay? to be careful with any of those root crops that you have stuff that is compost that's been deteriorated quite a bit. Yes, though. you don't, you want, don't want to put any fresh. You don't want to put any like really fresh manure in there. You want to make sure that that. Uh, and what's very important is rotate your crops. Mm-hmm. So wherever you put a row of carrots, potatoes, the next year you're going to put beans or corn. Something mm-hmm. grows above the ground. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yep. And then rotate. Don't put below ground crops in the same location. So even if you have a small garden, you just got to rot- You got to manage the garden so you rotate things around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one more text we'll get to before our break. Good morning, guys. My raspberries only produce leaves in the bottom 18 inches of the canes. Any idea what it could be? Uh, just winter damage. They'll, they'll be fine. Just, it just, you can scrape the bark with a pair of pruners. If they're green underneath, they'll still come. If they're brown underneath, they trim them off and they'll come back like a fury. So just use a fruit and berry fertilizer, which is a low, low nitrogen. It's only like a one, two or three as the first number. Mm-hmm. And then you'll watch they'll come back like a fury and you'll get, you'll still get raspberries this year. Okay. Marie is in Mooseman. Uh, good morning. How much 30, 10, 10 should I use on three foot evergreens? Can I use it on a cedar shrub as well? Yep. Three foot evergreens. You're going to be using around, uh, two liters of water mixed with the 301010 it'll tell you the instructions on it and then do that every three weeks until uh, basically July 15th and stop mm, and okay. you can use that on your cedars depending on the size of the cedar if it's a small cedar two liters if it's a if it's a huge cedar that's six by six you can probably use almost close to four gallons of water on that size okay, okay. news update for everybody now and then it's on to uh, well, maybe parts of one and two of the lightning round when it comes to a text lots to get to so we'll get to those Right after this, I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME, 650 CKOM. 
All right, time to go to the text line, one 877 because we have lots of text to answer. This is from somebody. It says, my onions are just starting to show now. Is it too late to cover them? No, nope, do it right away. So cover them right away to prevent those onion maggots that we were talking about earlier. Onion maggots hang around the dandelions, and dandelions are shell out. Yep. Right? And then they start moving. As soon as the onion po- pops up, then they start moving to the onions. Okay. Uh, this is from... Kelleher, uh, the town. I have a problem with leaf rollers on lilac trees. What do you spray them with? When? And uh, what do you do? Once they roll the leaves, there's nothing you can do. Okay. Okay. So you can spray them before they roll the leaves, and then you can just use uh, just uh, a pyrethrin on them. So you want to catch them almost as soon as that re- leaf yep. opens up, then, right? Well, no, before the leaf rolls up, even. Period. Yeah, but what, when is that? I said, but before it opens up. So when the leaf comes out of bud and it yeah, opens oh, into when, a leaf, when the leaf opens then up, I'm yeah. going to spray it because otherwise the bug's going to get up and it's going to roll yes, right away. Yes. Okay. But the problem is, what happens is that this little, this this little tiny caterpillar turns wants to go into pupate and it'll roll the leaf up to make protection for it, right? And then it pupates, and then what happens is that they sometimes will even drill a hole out of the out of the out of the hole so they can get out of the leaf as an adult little moth type of thing or fly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And so the only thing that really gets them is these predatory wasps because they can go find that hole and then get inside there and get at them. But sprays don't get them. So what are we spraying with it before the leaf rolls? Just just pyrethrin. Pyrethrin? Yep. Yeah, okay. bug X out pyrethrin. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Devona from Moosemin. Wondering if BTK affects potato bugs. No. Only Does caterpillars. Only it's caterpillars. It's very, very specific. Okay. It's a very specific bacteria that goes after just caterpillars. Right. And we talk about potato bugs getting rid of those by planting yep. potatoes with alongside onions, preventing them yep. from being there, picking them by hand, that sort of thing. Yep. Getting um, your vacuum out and sucking them <laughs> It's not a way to do a garden it. vacuum now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Verena is send us a text from Swift Current. Hello, Garden Talk. I have a poplar, uh, a poplar tree in my yard. In spring, I notice a bunch of little wand length new growth branches all over my lawn. So obviously some suckers. Now a bunch of branches, smaller new branches are bending down. The leaves are turning black and even good leaves are falling off. So we got some issues going on with yeah, this poplar. So it could be, um, it could be a, a blight on it. It could be a canker. It could be a bunch of things. Unless I start seeing some pictures of the tree and some samples, it's pretty hard to, okay. to diagnose so Take that some one. of your samples into your garden center. Someone should be able to diagnose yeah. it for you. Yeah. So yeah. usually take a picture from the tree when you're doing that. Um, from a far the, away. From a far away and close then up. close up and then bring a sample. But make sure you cut the sample Right when you're going to go into the garden center, don't put it in a bag and put it in the car for a few days and then bring it into the right, garden center. Right, right. So uh, check it out that way, Verena. Mm-hmm. And if it, uh, if you can't get some advice uh, locally, you can always send pictures and an email to... Uh, Info at DutchGrowers.com. There you go. Perfect. Okay, Kathy is in Buena Vista. Can you please suggest a few hardy flowering shrubs or small trees about six feet tall, three feet wide, that can handle direct heat south side of the house? So the only one at six feet tall? Flowering tree, uh, muckle plum. Or a, a shrub, bit, yep. Muckle plum is a little bit taller than that, but it'd be fine. Um, another tree is called uh, Gold Spur Amur Cherry. It's a little bit taller than six feet, but it still stays narrow. Uh, otherwise, shrubs that are that, that height, you can put in Myers Lilac or Dwarf Korean Lilac will work good. Uh, Miss Kim Lilac, um, Baby Kim. Um, dogwoods, a bunch, whole bunch of dogwoods that would fit in that scenario. There's some cranberries that would fit like in the nine scenario. Barks. Whole bunch of gold and or purple nine barks that will fit that scenario, and even some hydrangeas. What's your tallest hydrangea you have? 
uh, about six feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that cool. would fit there. Right? Yeah, it long is not in full sun. Uh, and that's that. That's that well, that that is. Hot. This so is yeah. I wouldn't do a hydrangea. No, no. Direct direct south yeah. side there, inside the house. Just direct. go to your local garden center wherever you are, and there's lots of shrubs that would fit that perfect description for yeah, that spot. Lots of options. okay. Um, what type of ground cover would work on a steep slope on the side of a lane? It's quite a large area. Ground cover, basically, I would suggest using um, a juniper. And the one I would use is called Prince of Wales or Wiltone, Wiltone or another name for the blue rug. That will work good there. Um, a Hughes juniper will work good. It will cover it up, and they're pretty tough. Um, otherwise, you could use other ground cover, um, like some perennials in there. Yeah, we have some like phlox or thyme yep. or... Um, time's becoming really popular right now. We're selling a lot of it. People are putting that as ground covers, especially in hot, dry areas. But phlox works great. Um, there's some different sedums that you can get, which are which are great uh, ground covers for hot, dry areas. And there's one other shrub that would work good. It's called a, a weeping caragana. It's all called the wa- walker's caragana, but it's grafted low. Like most, sometimes you see them on a stick. Yep. The one that are low and just creeps along the ground will. Toughest nails and but the biggest thing when you're working with a slope is you're usually looking for drought tolerant plants because yep. the water's flowing away from there. It's hard to keep the water in that area, mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. want drought tolerant plants or or put a drip system in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Matt, and he says it got a ten year old lilac bush. It's around six feet high. Didn't produce much for blooms. What's the best way to get it started blooming? Okay. Wait till all the lilacs have finished blooming. So the lilacs are blooming right now. So another week or so, all the lilacs and we finish blooming. Yep. Then give it a trim. Just okay. as if it was blooming, okay? Give it a light trimming, and then next year you'll get the blooms. Uh, this is from another texture. Lily beetles invaded last summer. I've been picking them off and squishing them, but is there a better way to get rid of them? Yeah, just the best way is keep picking them and squishing them, or you can use the pyrethrin, the and then the bug eggs, bug eggs out pyrethrin. But you got to spray. got to remember, you just can't spray the top of the leaves. You have to invert your sprayer so that you're spraying up into and get the bottom and of the leaves. And don't get the buds and the flowers. And don't hit the buds and the flowers. Okay. Next text is from, text is from Brian, who's in Saskatoon. He said, I planted a dwarf hydrangea last spring. And it did well where I planted it, north side of the house. Over the winter, I covered it with a plastic tote type of container. I decided it had a bit it had a bit too close to the house. I moved it about 8 to 10 inches over this spring before any growth was apparent. Yep. It hasn't appeared to show any signs of growth since. I used mics or shrubs both times I replanted it. Did I move it at the wrong time or did I cover, or did it, covering it perhaps cause this issue? Covering the tub might have caused the problems. You're better off just to mulch it because you got a big airspace underneath that tub, right? And if the snow doesn't go right over top of the tub, then you got the cold minus 40 still going through the tub and hitting the roots right yeah so if you use okay. a tub or a box you have to fill you that fill, t- fill it full of something you have to fill it first around mulch it first and then put the tub over top but i would suggest just mulch it heavy rather than that but i know i like I said i was gonna re- i even did some hydrangeas i was gonna replace them yesterday and i ended up planting some new spots and hydrangeas because once i dug down to dig that root ball out i pulled the mulch away it was actually was starting to come back underneath the mulch but you know what you can you can usually on a hydrangea scrape the bark a little bit with your you'll thumbnail see. yeah but you'll you see but you have to do it right at the base right. right so so that's the first place brian to check that yeah. and maybe it is about you know not so much about the moving 
this spring. But I, I but think the, it was more the, the way I think it's the tote and the way they recover. So if you want to protect it, it's more about a better idea. Sort of is to use a pay, like a, a cardboard box. Open up the open the flaps. Open the flaps. Put the it around it. Yep. Fill it from the top, right, right with mulch or leaves, leaves or whatever. And, and then, but watch when you're doing that. If you're packing those down, you're not breaking the branches. Right. Too, yeah, right? Just so lightly, just gentle. fluffy. Your right. insulation works better. There's air space between all everything. Right. right. But you need that something inside insulating it. So just covering it with a with yep. a, a tote, it leaves a bunch of air inside. So peat moss, mulch, or dry leaves work best. Okay, perfect. So Brian, check that out and then uh, contact the garden center if uh, if you have another you problem. You said the right word, dry leaves. Yeah, don't Not put... a bunch of wet leaves. Yeah, right. All the mold right. and mildews and everything else. Okay. Let's take a quick break. The, re- the last segment of the show is coming up. We've got a bunch of texts to get to and we're going to go through those on the way. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME 650 CKOM. It's the lightning round here at Garden Talk, but we're starting with a quick call to begin things off with. Grant is in Regina this morning. Hi there, Grant. Thanks for waiting for us. Good morning. Good morning. A uh, question about a plant that I bought last year. Summer Sweet is the name of it. I didn't get it planted until quite late in the year. It would have been October that I got it put in, uh, and simply because I didn't have the place that I wanted to put it, so it got a temporary home. And I watered it in quite well and covered it with uh, a lot of leaves. So far, I'm not seeing any growth from that thing. Is it early for summer sweet or, or any ideas what if, whether this plant might have survived or not? Yeah. Do you have another name for the plant, too, other than summer sweet? That's just the name, like the type of plant it is, but it's summer sweet... Is it a, is it a, uh, I, I don't, or I didn't yeah. look at the tag. That's all I have to go by. Summer sweets, um, if it's, if on it's the summer memory su- of what was on the tag. Does it, does it have, the one I'm thinking about, is yours supposed to have like long sort of pink flowers that sort of droop down and hang down? Um, this one, I think they were supposed to be white and white? it was, it was yeah. what, what brought my attention on it was that it was supposed to be a highly fragrant plant. Yeah. So it's, it's a perennial type of plant. Okay. And it's, yeah. a, it's a zone, zone four. And- zone four. See, so if you keep it, you would have had a mulch it heavy. Okay. Well, as I say, I had it covered completely with leaves yep, good. and ne- near it, um, for the same type of reasons, just temporary homes. Yep. I also put in a uh, mock orange and a loganberry yep. and both of them are fully leafed yep, out they'll be and fine. Uh, looking yep. really good. Yeah, those are a lot hardier. So what I do is I would just, uh, I would dig down, I would dig down yep. and just see whether it's coming from the base. Okay. So this one is a perennial. Yeah, it's a perennial. So it is yep. going to die back yep. down to the ground every year and then come up from the base again so you'll want to trim it back every year to the ground um it is a zone four to to ten so it's not quite hardy to our zone it's one of those we call Uh, them gardeners challenges so you just want to you want to watch that one um it's it's not super but it it may came back if you had lots of mulch Mm -hmm. from the ground so you're just very very gently almost like an archaeologist just yeah just pull pull the uh, the leaves away from the the base of the plant, and then just you might see these little sprouts start and come from the base, and then it'll come. What about the idea of uh, you know trimming off one of the branches to see if if it's completely brittle or if it might have some life in it? Just, I think it turned. Yeah, because anything above the ground would have died. It would have to come from the base, the the oh, base of the okay. crown of the plant. It has to come from. Okay, anything sticking right. up in the air would have died anyways. Okay. And that'll be every right, year. I will, give, I will give those things a try and okay. see. Uh, hopefully, Mother Nature's on my side. There you go. All right. Thanks, thanks Grant. Have a great day. Take care. Bye bye. 
All right, let's go to the text line right now. This is from Marge in Saskatoon. Good morning. I heard the segment about cutting back spireas. Can I do that with a nine bark? Mine look horrible every spring till about midsummer. Yeah, you can do that too. You can, nine barks love to be trimmed. Even if you do, even if you sculpture them and trim them a bit during the summertime, then they don't get so, you know, like, Airy and branches hanging down. Yeah, strung else. out kind of thing. And so you get them looking nice and just but give them. Early spring, a third to if you, if you want to do a major pruning, then early spring or, or late fall. But uh, during the summertime, do some light prunings just to keep them under control and looking nice. Uh, you can do that anytime. Okay. I have a three bird's nest spruce bushes in our front yard yep. against our house, uh, north facing, sort of northwest facing, I guess. They are approximately four years old. The top center on all three of them are brown. Anything I can do? Winnie's in Saskatoon. Yeah, no. Sometimes you get a bad winter like we did this winter where they had the late snow in the spring and the sun's up high. You get the reflection off the snow and you get a little bit of burning. Uh, those are fairly resilient, those nest spruces. It's a variety of fur, actually, and uh, like a Norway fur. And then what you can do is it just fertilize it, and it'll start filling out again. Okay. Uh, this is Jocelyn in Saskatoon. I see green coming from my dead, in quotes, hydrangea that I cut back too far. Yay, thanks for the advice. Uh, what's the best fertilizer for hydrangeas and perennials? Love the show and advice and stories. Thank yeah, you. perennials, you can do those hydrangeas. You can give me the 30-10-10 or 20-20-20, just about any type of fertilizer you have. Okay. And then once every three weeks, uh, basically Mother's Day until about the middle to the end of July, and then stop. Okay. Uh, question, not, not sure who it's from, but rhubarb is turning yellow with soft stalks. How do I take care of that? Probably too much moisture. Mm, so hey. they don't like water over top of the leaves all the time. So if you've got sprinklers hitting them, don't let that happen. And also just aerate the soil around them. And uh, Or if it's a spot that gets wet all the time, then you need to move them to a spot that's drier. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and, and now is not the time to move when they're full leaf, though, okay? So just aerating the soil around them uh, is probably the best thing to do with them and uh, just to keep the soil a little bit drier around them. That's, okay. that's key. Greg is outside of Regina. Good morning. I'm told that the back lawn on my acreage has cinch bugs, and that's what's causing it to be yellowish in color. Yep. It's starting to get green, but is there a way to get rid of these bugs? Yeah, cinch bugs you can use. Uh, there again, you can use a... Uh, a pyrethrin on them or like a trounce or like even trounce would work perfectly mm-hmm. uh and uh so a trounce you can buy on a you hook it on you can hook it right onto into your garden hose and you can just spray that's probably the best way to get rid of singe bugs How? we've seen singe bugs more and more they i seen them first of all around prince albert area a lot but they've been moving around the province quite a bit so and they affect they'll just eat they'll eat you'll eat your lawn <laughs> i mean they'll just all of a sudden your lawn will get thinner and thinner and thinner you get patches in your lawn hmm so just watch for cinch bugs, and uh, like I said, that uh, that trounce will work good, or even uh, the uh, the pyrethrin will work good. Mm, I'm kind of having a problem. I thought maybe I had sawed webworms. Maybe I've got those bugs in my yep, lawn. You could. Yeah, they've been they've been becoming more prevalent. They no, never used to have very many cinch bugs around. I never used to see them at all, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to see more and more of them. So using trounce, you said trounce, and that's something you can just spray in the areas, on, you or you can spray the whole lawn. Yeah. You hook it onto the lawn, you can spray the whole you lawn, but a, especially in the areas that yeah. are affected. You mm. can get it concentrating, put it in a hose in, dial a spray if you want, or there's ones that you just hook onto a hose and it automatically filters out the right amount. Okay, all right. Could I use that as well as nematodes at uh, the same time? Not no. at the same time. The trounce will kill you the wait, nematodes. You have to wait. The, yeah, the trounce could kill the nematodes. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, uh, this is from Miles in Martinsville. I've seen a few 
uh, Orioles in our yard the last few days. Yep. Never seen them around the house before. What's a low maintenance way to attract them? Like yep. how do you get those? Put birds an Oriole to feeder out. It looks like a. It's similar to. Uh, it's similar to. Uh, um, uh, hummingbird feeder, except for it's a different color and has different type of feeders on it. But yeah, you can Oriole feeders. You can put them out, and they do attract them. Mm, okay, Shane's in North Battleford. What's the best way to prune a double flowering plum to get blossoms the following year? I keep most of my old um, frame, he said, but must be like the the, yep, the structure, structure of the plant, and do not keep much new growth. Thanks. Yeah, just keep trimming back after they finish blooming. Give them a, give them a pruning, thin them out, cut the, uh, the wide, long branches out, and then the fertilize them, get new growth happening. And on that new growth, you'll get tons of blooms next year. Mm, okay. Uh, this is Rosalie in Saskatoon. Just wants the clarification. Is Roundup Advance food to use in tree suckers and sprouts, or is there a different product? So it's not a food. No, Roundup Advance. Is good, good, good to use? Oh, good. Yes. that's that's. Yeah. I read it wrong. Is Roundup Advance good to use in tree suckers and sprouts, or is there a different product called Advance? So, no, it, it is called Roundup Advance. Advance. It's by the Roundup company yep. that make it. And there's but, another product called, that comes from a different company. It's called Top Gun. Right. And that works the same way. One's a horticultural vinegar and one's a horticultural soap. We're trying to call it advanced in the show because we don't people pick up the blue Roundup, Roundup jug yep. and start spraying everything with yeah, that in their yard. It bad. is the orange yeah, orange people, label. People relate Roundup to as one only one chemical, which is, you know. But it's really a brand. But it's a brand. So you, Roundup, at, you want, that's why I like saying advanced because it's a different product altogether. Couple small texts we didn't get to on the show. We're going to get those answered in just a moment off the air. But thank you for joining us. And yeah, we'll be back next weekend, of course. Happy gardening. Happy gardening. Enjoy it. Get out there. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Thanks for listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.